1: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Oh, what's good, everybody? Welcome into Early Edge Live and our NFL Championship Weekend Mega Preview. We are powered, as always, by the Almighty Sports Line, the best value in all of sports betting. And what a two games we have for you. So, we're going to step up our game just a little bit right here on the show. Now, we have three big giveaways that we're going to do. Now, I need you to drop your Twitter handle into the chat with that Twitter handle. Leave your best bet. For this weekend's games, we're going to give away not one, but two Paramount Plus $100 gift cards. Then keep the live chat going because we'll announce another $100 Paramount Plus gift card winner on our Friday prop show, as we like to call our prop spectacular. But also, you need to follow Sportsline on Twitter, Instagram, and right here on YouTube. Do that. Oh, we're going to hook you up. There's nothing like Paramount Plus in the family. Synergy. Now, let's bring in my heavy hitters. You know, when it's the NFL, I bring in my absolute very best. First live from Nashville, Tennessee. M Squared, what's good?
0: Not much, Coach. Looking forward to these games. Got a lot of interesting nuggets to share with you guys here. Uh, both about the teams, the officials, all sorts of fun stuff to dig in today.
1: I love it. We're gonna break it down from all different sides. Now, you can't talk NFL sports line without bringing up this man's name, RJ White. Good afternoon. Good
2: afternoon, Coach. Congratulations on y'all's Chiefs win. It was a, a rough day for me, but it was a fun game to watch. And uh, you know, I think the Chiefs are the favorites moving forward. Obviously. Yeah, we're going to
1: discuss all that. And I appreciate the the sentiment. I sincerely felt. Well, I have some of my best friends in the world are Bills fans. I felt awful for you guys. I mean, awful, 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 uh, Maestro. Good afternoon.
3: Good afternoon, guys. Uh, I also was, you know, a little part of me was hurting for RJ during the end of that game. And, um, you know, I remember days where it absolutely ruins my whole week, you know, when my team Mm -hmm. would go down and and that I can't even fathom. So uh, enough rubbing it in. Let's move on.
1: All right, let's move on. Let's get into this week. But, guys, before we get to the two games, some big news coming out of the NFL that will absolutely affect betting lines moving forward. Maestro, let me start with you. After 16 seasons, maybe not a shock to some, but Sean Payton stepping down and stepping away at least temporarily from the NFL and will not coach the Saints in a season when they're staring down the barrel of being over 70 million dollars over the salary cap.
3: Yeah, it's, it's not a great situation with the cap and with the quarterback situation. Um, you know, I think he probably was sick of, of looking at that offense.
1: And not having a quarterback and also signing Taysom Hill to 40-some million dollars and whatever that was. Now, RJ, when I come to you, in his press conference, he thanked everybody. Oh, Mickey Loomis, the GM, the president, all that. But the bottom line is the last couple of years has not been great management for the uh, for the Saints. What do you think is the biggest reason Sean Payton is walking away?
2: Yeah, I, I think he needs a reset. I think it, 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 it's hard to walk away when you have Drew Brees, one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, you know, a, as your quarterback. So you want to run that out. You figure you have a shot at the Super Bowl every year. I think he's looking at this team. And says, yeah, this is not a Super Bowl team right now. It's going to take a little time turning it around. I don't think he would mind being the guy to turn mind being the guy turning that around and thinks he could probably do it. He's a very good coach, one of the better coaches we've seen in the modern era. But um, you know, it's just at that this point, he's like, I'm looking at, you know, a three or four year rebuild with this team probably. Do I want to commit to that on top of this? Like you said, 16 years. Maybe it's time for me to just take a little break and reset and come back in a year, if maybe to the Saints, maybe to someone else. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But um, I think he's probably ticketed for like a tv type role and just kind of like getting to relax rest a little bit recuperate and then come back strong probably uh, a year from now
1: it's so funny you bring up tv because m squared he was brilliant during his press conference he said i haven't talked to anybody but I think I'd be really good at TV. I think I'd be really good at radio. A few people know I'm also an agent. I have a few clients that I represent. And if my clients did my job for me, like Sean Payton did his agent's job today for him, I would be incredibly grateful. What do you think the immediate future is going to be for Sean Payton? Real, real quick, is is Mikey low to anybody else? Yes. Okay, Mikey, you're really low. Your microphone, we can't hear you at all, but I, I can hear you talking. But it's really, really low. Cool. I'll look into it. I'll jump back. Okay, awesome. Awesome. We'll come back, back to you. Well, I'll pose the same question while we're waiting on Mikey. Uh, what do we think the – because the logical landing spot would be sit out for a year and then – Many people don't realize that he lives in Dallas in the offseason because his family lives there. He got a divorce and his kids go to school in Dallas. So that would be at least Maestro the natural landing spot for him.
3: Yeah, there's going to be a ton of speculation. He's going to coach again. He is a tremendous offensive mind. Maybe didn't get the full maximum out of the Drew Brees years. Uh, But yeah, he's going to have his pick of jobs uh, come 2023. uh, That will be. Yeah.
1: No, no doubt about it. Now, as far as the Saints are concerned, RJ, are, is there even a scenario that you could look at and say they could be a playoff team next year?
2: I think so. I think kind of depends on the competition in the NFC. I think that they they're in the right division. I, they're, they're as long as they can put together a competent offense, they're probably second in the division. And if Brady decides to hang it up, who knows? Maybe they can compete because who knows who's going to be the Tampa quarterback? Brady has done a lot on that end, so I don't think it's a terrible job. I know that the cap is an issue, um, but you know they've done cap magic for ten years running. And and they just because Sean Payton's leaving, he's not the guy that's the cap whiz. You know they got guys there that can that can handle that and and rearrange some stuff. I'm sure like they do every year so i don't think it's a terrible job i think they can still be competitive they got a great defense um but you know they got guys you need to sign to extensions plus with the cap stuff so so you know we'll see how it is moving forward but i don't think this team is destined to bottom out or anything as long as they they don't have a net you know a zero at the at the quarterback position like if drew Locke is quarterback of the team then then good luck but if they can find you know a decent quarterback then i think they'll be fine
1: yeah, we'll see uh, how healthy Jameis Winston is. Uh, you know, people forget too. Sixteen years ago, this was not a job anybody wanted. It was right after Katrina. There's a lot of issues going on. Uh, Mikey, do we have your microphone fixed? Do you think? No, I'm still not working.
0: Still. Not uh working. see if know. you got anything oh,
1: there. No, no. Now it is. Now it is. Okay. Yep, Perfect. you're good to go. Good to go. Good. Uh, you um, want to comment real quick on Sean Payton?
0: Uh, yeah, i just say that he yep. spent a lot of time around another guy who did a lot of TV work this past year, Mr. Drew Brees, probably has had a few conversations about that life as well. Uh, so I see a few vacations, a little golf course time, and some TV studio time in his immediate future. And then I definitely could see him returning to the sidelines at some point, but I do not think it will be for next
1: season. I was a little shocked that uh, it, that he said that TV networks have not reached out yet, but maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know that he was even thinking about it, but I was a little bit surprised by that, and I thought it was uh, it, it was absolutely – he mentioned it for a reason in the press conference because he didn't have to, but he did extensively. All right, guys, let's spin it forward now. We've got two incredible games this weekend. Coming off four games that all finished on the last play of the game. We couldn't have gotten any better games collectively than what we had last weekend. So, RJ, let's start with you. First game. Bengals, Chiefs, Chiefs minus seven, total 54 and a half. I think the big question for this game is how do the Chiefs rebound emotionally and get right back up for another very, very difficult matchup?
2: I don't think it's a problem at all for the Chiefs to do that. They, they If you know their playoff history, I'm sure you're aware, they're coming back from double-digit deficits a lot and keep winning games. I mean, th- this is nothing new to them to turn around right back, reset, and go out and win another game. So I don't think this is going to hamper them at all um, from that end. Now that said – I think Cincinnati probably is a little bit too, too much of an underdog in this game. They haven't been at their best in the playoffs and they're still winning games. What happens if things click, you know, this is the week that things click and they get into their own Josh Allen type shootout with the, with the chiefs. Um, you know, they needed a goal line interception against the Raiders to secure their first win. Tannehill melted down in the second one, through a pick beginning of the game, end of the game. And that's really what sealed it for them. I think Burrow has been playing fantastic. The 80% of the time he's not on his back because he's getting sacked. So as long as the, the offensive line can find something, there and Chiefs are only twenty eighth in in adjusted sack rate, I believe, on defense. So maybe he won't see as much pressure there. And um, and since he's able to be competitive in this game, um, I don't think since his defense is going to slow down the Chiefs that much. Um, but but you know who knows. Um, you know, the, uh, Tyron Matthew not being cleared um, is going to hurt the Kansas City side as well if he doesn't get cleared. So hopefully he can play. He's a great player. We want to see him in these type of games. But the Bengals confident having beaten the Chiefs. I think coming to be competitive in this game, I'm looking for seven and a half so I can play the Bengals. All
1: right, Mikey, let me come to you. And I will say this, that uh, you all know I have a, a source within. Kansas City and near the Chiefs, if not in the organization. And he has told me today that uh, they believe that Tyron Matthew will be cleared, uh, if not tomorrow, but certainly uh, by Thursday. But they fully expect Matthew to be on the field come Sunday. Now, Mikey, based off of what we saw last weekend, Burrow has not looked great. He did not look great, didn't you know, but now he may be forced and we know that based off of last week, into a shootout. Like RJ just said, how much do you think the first game this year will affect how Joe Burrow uh, attacks this game?
0: Uh, I mean, I think they'll attack it in a similar way. Um, You know, whether or not they'll have a bunch of success, I think it really comes down to some of how some of the officiating is called. I know in that game against Kansas City that they won, they had three pretty key penalty flags that really helped them out, all three of them on the same player on the Kansas City side, uh, which obviously really helped them get into position to win those games. Um, I think the biggest difference, though, that separates Joe Burrow and Cincinnati from Kansas City and Buffalo, who both teams, I make them minus 7.2 in this matchup against Cincinnati, no matter who it was going to be. The big differentiator, though, is Joe Burrow is not as mobile as Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't extend plays as well as those two guys, and that's where ultimately I think that they were going to get into trouble uh, but again, I made Kansas City minus 7.2 here. I think the number is efficient where it's at. Um, you know, I'd have to be like probably nine to feel comfortable playing Cincinnati myself. Wow. Um, but I, I like it at minus 7.2. Uh, one thing i will talk about, though, with the Bengals, they were called for the second fewest penalties in the NFL this year. So when you look at their net differential, they benefited from 44 calls this year, which led the entire NFL. The umpire, the official for this game, uh, excuse me, Bill Vinovich, he calls the fewest penalties in all of the NFL. That's who's refing this game here. It will be very interesting to see if the Bengals get that benefit that they've had all season with the 44 calls in their favor. uh, If that kind of comes into play here, if it helps the Chiefs at all, who, again, racked up penalties against Burrow in that passing game. It'll be very interesting to see if that'll be a factor in this one.
1: Maestro.
3: Yeah. Uh, but the record is one in five with Vinovich as the ref and the chiefs are six and three with him. Take it what for what you will Two and oh this season, but it's not his crew. He's the head ref, yeah. but it's not the same group of guys that he normally works with. You look back at that first game. They, the Bengals had 23, first down, six of them came by penalty. There were three third down pass interference calls. Is that going to, you know, is that going to happen again? And not only Matthew, we have to wait for, but Fenton, uh, who did get burned in that first game with some flags, but he is a very good cover corner. He missed this past game against the bills has the back injury. There was no update on him yet. So those are two guys that I'm definitely waiting on to see, but you know, Burrow, I agree. He's not mobile. I agree. He has not been, you know, lights out, but he's amazing the way he holds on to the ball. The guy gets sacked Mm -hmm. so often. And, you know, Matthew
1: Stafford, that's four fumbles. Nine sacks is like four fumbles. <laughs> but no no fumbles for Burrow. It's amazing. It's amazing. So here's what I want to do, because a lot of our best bets this week are centered on the Chiefs game as an anchor and then throwing the Rams 49ers into a teaser. So I want to do our best bets right now and then uh, go over the totals because we saw last week that uh, other than the Chiefs, I believe we only one in three to the under, but we'll we'll attack the total in a second. But I want to do our best bets right now. And Mikey, I want you to start, please.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to tease the chiefs down to minus one with the 49ers plus nine and a half here. Uh, makes a lot of sense. I think I make the chiefs minus 7.2. They're playing at home. I obviously think that they get the job done and get the win. And then the 49ers, I really like another divisional matchup, a team that they're very familiar with. I like their odds of keeping this one within the nine and a half, very key number here in these divisional games. Uh, it's really short and simple there. Uh, one other note, I know, It's not the same exact crew, but head referee in this game for the 49ers. Carl Cheffers called the most penalties in the NFL this year, almost 900 yards more than the umpire, the head referee in the Kansas City game.
1: How how crazy is it that now the referees and the crews are becoming as big of a story as the game sometimes? That's something that we don't want to see. Uh, All right, RJ, I'm coming to you next. What's your best bets for this week?
2: Yeah, I like the under in that 49ers Rams game. The, uh, the Rams looking good defensively. We saw they, they gave, uh, you know, Brady a lot of trouble there um and but their fumbles on offense like Larry was talking about stop them from putting the game away Jimmy G struggled in the playoffs 27 to 44 303 yards no touchdowns two interceptions is a bad matchup for him I don't think San Fran scoring a ton of points but their defense can keep the team in the games the Rams are only team to score 20 plus in regulation against San Francisco since week 13 um and they only had 265 yards in that in that game so it's not like they lit up the the place either so I think that's going to be a low scoring game I took it under 46 and a half and then the prop I like Jamar Chase over 82 and a half receiving yards I mean he's blowing by 100 every game you know that he's actually had uh, play in. you know i think he had nine percent of the snaps in that week 18 game but the other four he's just 100 100 100 and then two i think 260 against the kansas city and three touchdowns so um they, i don't know if they have a plan to stop him this time but but nothing nothing anyone's doing is working he gets that ball in his hand and he can break it at any time so 82 and a half seems like a low number i'm just gonna keep hammering this over
1: yeah, five catches, 109 last week against the Titans in a game that wasn't even a wide-open game. Just think, you know, when it's wide open, you mentioned it, he goes north of 200. This dude is an absolute animal on the field. All right, Maestro, what do you got for us this week?
3: Well, just to back up, RJ, on the total, six of the last seven uh, Niners games have gone under, and in this meeting with the Rams, they have been able to run the ball 75 rushes for nearly 300 yards in those two matchups, Kyle Shanahan just has a way uh with the misdirection, with the motion to get the running game going, which obviously bleeds the clock. And that defensive front four uh is awesome. I believe they had five sacks and 13 hits on Stafford in the final regular season meeting. So I definitely lead under, definitely taking the Niners just in terms of I think it's a toss up game. I, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, oh, he's beaten him six straight times. He's going to beat him a seventh. But. Uh, These teams are to me are basically even, and I don't think there's much home field edge uh, in that stadium. We know there'll be a lot of Niners fans despite uh, the restrictions on the ticket selling. Uh, So I'm going to take the Niners, keep riding them teaser just like Mikey said with the Chiefs just to basically win the game plus the Niners all the way up to nine and a half and then I love this prop of Travis Kelsey we saw what he's done the last two games I believe it's about 200 uh receiving yards but you can go back his last five playoff games he's averaging almost 100 yards look back at the first matchup he he did very little 25 yards five catches seven targets but that he was coming off COVID so I'm going to throw that out. The Bengals give up a ton to tight ends. I think it's like second most targets. And like we talk about, you know, in big time spots,
1: uh, Travis Kelsey is going to be heavily involved. Man. Did anybody see the video today that was posted? And we're taping this on Tuesday uh, of Travis Kelsey. It was like inside the NFL audio of him on that final 13 second drive. Has anybody seen it yet? I heard that
3: he basically orchestrated it or something. The
1: the whole thing. So he walked up to Tyreek Hill and he said, Hey, the way they're playing defense, let me get in front of you and I'll just get in everybody's way. That was the first play. Right. Then the second play, because they called the timeout, he walked up to Patrick Mahomes and he said, the seams open, the seams open. And then Mahomes says, Kelsey, do it. When he was calling the barking out, like getting ready to snap, Kelsey, do it. Kelsey, do it. And he did it. And, and, It was incredible. So it's on Twitter right now. It's inside the NFL. It's an it's incredible sound, incredible sound. But if it wasn't for that drive, it wasn't for that final crazy two minutes, the under would have come in. So let's attack the total in this game for a second, because currently it's at 54 and a half. Now, normally you got to be very, very careful, Mikey, when you're talking about totals, because it's all about just win and advance. What do you make of the total in this one?
0: Yeah, I think it's just a touch too high where it's at. It's going to be one that's very uncomfortable to play the under on it uh, when you have offenses like this that can put up points. Uh, But once it gets over 54, it's definitely too high. I make this one 52.7 in between 51 54, obviously really, really key spot in these games. Um, But yeah, I think that it, it comes down to
1: can they mike they mike you're dropping out again i i think you have a short in your in a chord because now you're you just went now we can't hear you again so i think it's a chord that's shorted out and i apologize for interrupting you but i just can't hear you uh maybe dump out all the way and and then come back in and maybe that'll fix it in the meantime maestro go ahead well, I just want to
3: say that of the four game of the four you know side total, four different options, this thing has moved the most opened in the fifty one neighborhood now up to fifty four and a half through a lot of key numbers. Uh, it's a little too high for me right now, but I'm still leaning over. I mean, the first meeting was thirty four thirty one uh, and I think the chiefs left some out there on the field uh in that first meeting r j. Yeah, I'm the same way.
2: I would have played over at the earlier number. Um, I think now you're not getting as good value. Obviously, fifty-four and a half is just a lean to me to the over because I, I see the Cincinnati team. They they could give some some turnovers too and give some easy points to the Chiefs if they're if that offensive line is not working well. Um, but I think either way, Burrow's going to score a ton of points in this game. He's not, 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 I don't think he has the Allen, as you said, rushing ability to keep up in that sense. Um, but he, he can put points on the board as we've seen. So this just feels like Chiefs scoring 40 points a game at this point. That's this feels like it has to go over, but by no means, is it a lock at 54 and a half? I'm just leaning there.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things you want to wait. It's kind of It kind of feels like, to me, one of those games you wait to see how your other bets are going, and then you do it for fun. Sometimes you bet the over for fun and just root for points if you don't like a side. Now, something oh, that... Can I just address yeah, of one, course, thing, of one course. thing
3: in the chat? Uh, I'm seeing Reed's talking about Kelsey at 77. I'm seeing it right now on FanDuel still at 72.5. And, a half. and uh, earlier today, all major books that I was checking had it at 72.5.
1: Okay. Very good. Mikey, can we hear you?
0: Uh, I hope so. Can you hear me?
1: Yes. Uh, Perfect. Back up on that. It's oh, much everywhere it else. went right away. You went Stim- right away. No. can't Now you, now I can't. You have a short in your court. Yeah, I know you definitely. do. Yeah. Right. You're going in and out. Ah, damn it. I really want to know what you had to say. Um, try it again. See if it works.
0: Uh, I just say I have Kelsey all the way up to 83 yards uh, in the simulation. You can find it 72 and a half everywhere. Uh, so I fully support this play. Back it up. Okay,
1: very, very good. One of the things I think that people at home have to be very, very careful of this week, when you look at some of the numbers: Tyreek eleven for one hundred and fifty, Kelsey eight for ninety-six, Mahomes sixty. You know, a lot of these numbers were bolstered by that final two minutes and by all the craziness that happened. Maestro, let me start with you. How careful do we need to be not just to blankly say, oh, all the overs came in on the props last week. It's going to happen again this week.
3: Yeah. I mean, that was a once in a lifetime type of finish, but I think we're looking at a competitive game with two offenses that cannot be stopped by these defenses. Um, You know, I mean the, the Bengals three wideouts are uh, probably as good as there is Uh, you know, who's stopping the chiefs with all their weapons. I mean, nobody Uh, plus McKinnon, you know, coming out of the backfield that just, you know, showed up the last few games and all of a sudden, you know, he's just exploding. So uh, I think both teams are going to not run the ball. And I think both teams are going to air it out.
1: Yeah, RJ, when you look at the different props that hit last week and where we may angle ourselves this week, other than Jamar Chase, who you already love, is there another player in this game that you think the matchup suits them really, really nice?
2: Yeah, I was going to be playing the Kelsey overs too, like Larry did when I when I looked earlier in the day. They didn't have him up yet, but I put a note down to over on Kelsey props since he's allowed the fifth most receiving yards to tight ends in the regular season. You know he's going to be a focal point of that, so that's kind of where you want to go. So I would look there. I think Bro probably hits us over two eighty nine and a half. He's at three hundred plus in five of his last seven. Had four forty six in that KC game, and then Boyd I'd probably go under thirty six or less in three straight, including against Kansas City. Um, it seems like they they're going to funnel it to to um, you know Higgins and and um chase there and and mix and becoming becoming more of a, a a player in the passing game too i think he had six for 40 last week something like that um so i kind of looked at his over on his reception props if they're not too high if they come in in that three and a half four and a half range i think you're good playing those two so those are kind of the guys i'm looking at now boyd on the unders Mixon on the receiving overs love the kelsey over that larry's on and uh, looking to the burrow over
1: too Mikey, let's go to the other side on the quarterback. And last week, very, very easy. What, first quarter? We would cash the Patrick Mahomes rushing total. He had that 40-some-odd <laughs> run. Do we think that this will be another Patrick Mahomes puts the Kansas City Chiefs on his back with his legs and his arm? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's a <sighs> Yeah, we lost you again, bud. Ah, damn it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a short in the, in the thing. So, sorry about that, m Square. Darn it, man. We really want to, uh, of course, follow him on social media. He always has tons of good takes uh, there as well. And he'll be on the morning show all this week as well. Uh, all right, gentlemen, let's spin it forward to game number two. Now, this is a rematch from just, what, three weeks ago when the Rams were up by 17 and we thought the 49ers were dead and gone. They needed to win that game to get in the playoffs. Then they came back and they did it. Then they go on the road and win. Then they go on the road again and win in the snow. Now, let me start with you, Maestro. The 49ers can look at their quarterback play and say, you know what? He really did nothing. And we still won the game. How much does Jimmy G need to do this week? Because all of his numbers cast the unders last week.
3: Yeah. Well, he needs to do more than he did. Uh, he gets victimized by some really bad drops early in the game that would have made his numbers look better. You know, was. I think it was going to be a 55 yard potential touchdown. That was just a, a, a clear drop. This guy is 15 and four against the number, uh, on the, I'm sorry, as an underdog, uh, he's four and one in the playoffs. Uh, you know, somehow, even with those big mistakes that he can make, he does enough. And you look at Debo Samuel, just looking at his numbers and thanks to made him focus in the chat for pointing this out, um, his two games against the Rams were, were pretty sick, pretty sick, 140 combined in the last meeting. And in the first meeting, he was also up to 133. Uh, so Debo Samuel, uh, I mean the guy is pretty much unstoppable right now. He is unstoppable,
1: but also R.J. Cooper Cup is unstoppable. I'm still blown away that they decided the Buccaneers when they had all that momentum that they would decided to rush Matthew Stafford, leave Cooper Cup in one on one, and that gorgeous pass. He had nine catches for 183 yards. Now, they held him in check the last time they played. But what do you think happens this week?
2: Yeah, I think they were expecting they could get to Stafford and make him fumble it again because he just kept on fumbling in that game. But, uh, um, you know, Cup probably has a good game. This is a tough matchup for him. I think it's a tough matchup passing the ball anyway. Jimmy G, like I said, he had struggled in the playoffs. I know that they drove back in that last game, five-play, 88-yard drive, under two minutes left to get that that touchdown drive, which was pretty low probability. But they got it. But Jimmy's in a worse state now, dealing with those injuries. Going to need surgery after the season, it looks like. So, I I mean, I can't expect another rally if the Rams go up again, which they did against the Buccaneers. And if they do that here, it's going to be trouble. Debo also dealing with a knee injury. You know, it's probably going to be fine but still something in the monitor. Maybe it's get aggravated during the game. I mean, if he comes off the board, he can't play, you know, his normal amount of snaps um, because of some aggravation during the game. I mean, it might be good night at that point with uh, Jimmy not, may, probably not able to carry the team with, with his injuries. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. The thing about that San Francisco, you quote the Jimmy stats and all that. He's not really the, the product of San Francisco ever having success. It's what the weapons around him, the run game, Shanahan scheming, the defense. And that defense can keep the team in the game. The Rams are the only team score 20 in regulation like i said in the last five five or six weeks against this uh this team and they didn't really have a ton of yards i think no, they haven't given up more than 307 yards in any game since week 14 so um i i like that niners play at four, three and a half you have to get it at three and a half but i'm really not comfortable playing them with the state of that quarterback in the injury and and robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too something I want to do so that's why I played the under I might look to the Rams at minus three once it gets there but but um on the spread but but more of a fan of the under in this game
1: yeah I think that's why Maestro and M squared leaned into the teaser as opposed because you're getting that extra six points Maestro what do you have
3: yeah I just want to say that the safety play on the 49ers is a little bit better than the Buccaneers I mean a guy like Jimmy Ward two picks against uh the rams in the first game stafford threw two picks i'm just checking it out but i believe two picks in each game against the 49ers um so if you want to talk about jimmy g and his faults i think we got to talk about matthew stafford and the potential for for him to make mistakes against a very good pass rush
1: well some tickets that we've been cashing a lot with these two teams, is A.B. is kind of our quarterback whisperer here on the show, and we hit that over half an interception, it seems like, every time Matthew Stafford plays. And then last week, Jimmy G. as well. So that's always a play we'll look at, and of course, we usually wait until game time to see how the week has gone, what reports we're getting, and those types of things as well. Uh, RJ, let me come back to you, because the total in this is 46.5. You're on the under, but there's going to be a lot of people to say, oh, it was 17-0, they came back. We can easily get to the over, but how much stock do you take in either the under that we saw in Green Bay, and we know it was a big comeback, but the over coming in with the Rams?
2: Yeah, more more likely to put stock in the under. Um, obviously, it's some on the under. It's just that offense, Jimmy. You know, they haven't scored a, a touchdown offensively um, in the passing game in the last couple of weeks. I think they had a one offensive touchdown in that first game that they won, um, and then got by with with field goals. Um, you know, I think Elijah Mitchell had a touchdown there, but but um, you know, so it's it's a thing where I'm not, I don't trust him that much to score a bunch of points. If it turns to a shootout, I know Stafford has struggled at times. It seems like whenever I, I try to play for the Stafford struggle game, like I did last week against the Bucks he comes out and is amazing and then so yes. i don't get it you know and then and then now i'm san francisco i'm like well he a lot of experience here he's playing well a lot of weapons he'll come in he'll be fine i actually do like his under on 277 and a half passing yards i think that san francisco rush is too good i think they're gonna hit to the run the run a lot they're gonna go short pass a lot they're gonna try to not make sure he's throwing 40 times and could make those backbreaking um, mistakes so i think they're gonna try to take the ball out of his hand and he's not as much of a factor he doesn't have to go win the game for him
3: And I agree. I just want to say because Sean McVay has been leaning on the runners. You saw what happened when he got up. He was just running the ball right into the middle of the line. And that was part of the reason the Bucs came back. But he has wanted to go run heavy down the stretch, probably because of Stafford's mistakes. And, you know, Stafford has two straight games without an interception. I mean, is he going to go three without an interception if they're playing from ahead and and they can run the ball and and throw it short? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but again, also Beckham is playing the thing that worries me as a 49ers backer is I just feel the Rams' weapons are better now uh than they have been at any point this season. When you talk about Cam Akers, talk about uh OBJ, uh you talk about Higby and Cup, uh and Jefferson. I mean, uh he's got a ton of weapons.
1: He he, he really, really if he does. just
3: doesn't force things, uh, you know. I I will bet that he will force things and throw one
1: pick. (laughs) (laughs) I would bet that you are right, Maestro. I would bet that you are right. OBJ, by the way, six catches, 69 yards last week. Both of those numbers sailed over his numbers. He has certainly earned himself a lot of money in the free agent market coming up in the offseason. So let's talk props for a second. Don't forget, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Friday our props extravaganza. With Uncle Dave from Fantasy Football Today, and of course Prop Stars, and see ya. Because in this game, unlike the Chiefs and Bills, we did not have a lot of numbers sail to the over. We we got George Kittle, didn't we, Maestro? But that wasn't until that final drive that we we're able to cash that. Is this a game that you can see that that any overs come in? Because we know the public loves to play overs. But maybe this is the game that we have to be very, very disciplined, Maestro, and say there's going to be a lot of unders as far as the props market is concerned.
3: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the receivers, just with the run volume that both RJ and I are expecting, uh, you could definitely look at some of those receiving unders. Uh, there's so many mouths to feed, you know, especially on the Rams. Uh, but Debo Samuel as a touchdown score, I mean, uh, that's something to look at. Uh, Cooper Cup has a touchdown score. Uh, I mean, those guys are, are basically getting it every single week.
1: What about you, RJ? What are you thinking as far as the prop market this week?
3: Yeah, I think unders are a pretty good call, but there are two like secondary
2: receiving over options I would look to Brandon Ayuk at eight, 48 and a half receiving yards. The Rams do allow the fourth most receiving yards in the league to receivers in in the regular season, second fewest touchdowns. They don't mind giving up a little, you know, just as long as you're not beating them deep. They'll give give you some, and I think uh, Ayuk could do a little work there, get you know a 15, 20 yard gain, a couple of those, and get over this total, um, even if he's not going to get a touchdown. And then t- you mentioned Tyler Higbee; he's been over forty yards mm-hmm. in six straight, but but San Francisco defense tight ends well so not really a lock You gets to understand why the number what got put at 39 and a half I would have probably leaned him going over that expecting San Fran to do a pretty good job on those receivers but Higby, being you know a little more open he had a good game last week and I think he can carry that over here
1: all right very very good I think so as well now if that's a defense that can keep Green Bay in check then you got to believe they can keep the Rams in check. Ah, look oh. who's back. Our OG. Yeah. My and son. I just
3: chime in that Debo scored eight of the last 10 cup has scored seven of the last eight.
1: So anytime touchdowns, if you get the right price, might be a good bet as well. Mikey, welcome back. I know you've probably been listening off air. Anything you'd like to weigh in on right now that uh, you've been chopping on?
0: Uh, just that I lean towards the 49ers in the game. Obviously I have them in the teaser up to plus nine and a half. Um, I would be on it for sure at four. It's not going to go to four. It's likely to finish at three. Uh, I expect that to be where this game closes. Uh, If it for some reason hits four and I'm not laying, if I can get a standard minus 110 on the four, then I'll end up going ahead and playing the four. But if not, I'm just going to leave it in the teaser. Uh, I really respect the defensive ability and I respect Shanahan a ton. Um, I, I respect his ability to just keep it close and competitive and keep his football team in the football game that's what he's very good at you saw it at green bay they really didn't have much business winning that game but they ended up winning the game because they were there and in a position to get lucky enough to do it um so i think we see a similar result here Uh, i think that they're rely on their defense and they're just within striking distance enough um i do think that it'll be a field goal game either way
1: Very good. Maestro, I know you got to go with the big boys over at CBS Sports HQ. Thanks, pal. Enjoyed it, guys. All right. That is Larry Hartstein. We call him the maestro. You can catch him over on CBS Sports HQ right now, giving all his incredible NFL analysis over there. Also, gentlemen, I know the one thing that most people don't realize is that there are what we call look ahead lines that you can bet a game before it actually happens. So having you two here right now, I have to do this before we get out of here. The look ahead. What a matchup in the Super Bowl would look at, look like. Mikey, quickly, what would the look ahead lines be? I know you've got them somewhere there uh, for all the matchup possibilities next weekend.
0: Uh, trying to pull them up again, uh, seem to have lost. I got got you right here. I got, I got 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 the
2: chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs at minus one and a half against the Rams and minus two and a half against the Niners, the Rams at minus three and a half against the Bengals minus uh, 49ers minus one and a half against the Bengals. So getting a point on the, uh, the chiefs matchups, if you go to San Francisco and it looks like it drops two points on the Bengals matchups for some reason, there's a discrepancy there.
1: All right. So let me ask you this, RJ, I'll start with you. For the Chiefs, what do you think is the best matchup in the Super Bowl?
2: Well, I think you want to see the 49ers. I think um, you, you're you just worried about who can score with you. And uh, I know Stafford's had his issues, but that offense, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Matthew Stafford, the running game, they could go toe to toe with the Chiefs if they're at their best. And, and they have all those defensive weapons, Von Miller rushing along with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey on the back end. That is a star lineup, you know, on both sides of the ball. Um, and so if anybody's going to give him trouble, it's them. Um, San Francisco, you have to think with well, Jimmy G being limited and being dealing with injury, not going to be 100% for that game um san francisco probably isn't going to limit uh kansas city you know defensively um the way that kansas city offense is playing so if i'm a chiefs fan i want to play the 49ers i would lay those points with the chiefs either way um before this weekend the the look ahead line you put bet afc team versus nfc team uh, afc was underdog by one point and it was a plus 100 on the money line i'm like play that because what if bills or chiefs either one make it through i mean even against the packers i would take them at this point and uh packers lost i think that was the only reason that it was it was minus one was because people expected the Packers to make it and they were like maybe they're going to be a favorite over the Titans or, or one of these AFC teams sneak through um, but now it just seems clear if the Chiefs get through they're going to be the favorite and and one and a half two and a half isn't enough for them
1: I think they were like plus 120 to win it all I saw at FanDuel or or one of those uh, the Chiefs were the the betting favorite right now Mikey your thoughts on who would be the best uh for the Chiefs to face.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely the 49ers are the best matchup for the Chiefs just because of of what RJ said. Uh, It's really, out of all the teams there, you're asking the 49ers to go score 30 points. It's, you know, it's a chore, right? It's really difficult Mm. for them to get to that number, Uh, and I think that's what it'll take against Kansas City. So, I have, like RJ, I have a pretty big edge on Kansas City either way, Uh, but if they play the 49ers, my sim model on that one is just absolutely ridiculous. It's up to minus 6.1. There's no way we'll see a line that where. I think that we would see the line close three and a half, though. I don't think if you hung Kansas City three out there right now, there's not a chance that it wouldn't get that up over a field goal against the 49ers outside of Tyreek or Travis Kelsey being injured in a game that they win and move on kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I make them all the way up over six points there. I make them 3.5 against the Rams. Uh, The market will definitely not move it to that point. Probably two and a half is where the market would move from that one and a half on the Kansas City game. Uh, But either way, the Chiefs would definitely be favored over either of those matchups.
1: All right. So the Chiefs are the betting favorite currently. I want to know from you, RJ, what do you think would be the best game from a fan standpoint, but also from a betting standpoint? Because we know that game script is everything, right? We know that the Bills Chiefs was fun because of all the numbers. What do you think would be the best matchup in your mind?
2: Yeah, I think anywhere the Rams are involved in, I'd be fine with. I think um, you know Rams Chiefs, like I said, I think that if Rams are at their best, that could be you know Buffalo Buffalo type game going blow for blow, points in the forties. A lot of fun games, a lot of overs to bet there. But I think Rams Bengals could be pretty fun too. You know, I I shudder to think Joe Burrow behind that the offensive line, Von Miller and Aaron Donald (laughs) rushing (laughs) him. But we saw in Tennessee, he he got sacked more than any quarterback has in a postseason game ever, and he turned around and won that game. So he can have effect. You know, he could be effective even if. He's getting sacked because he's just so good. And he has so many weapons there. It'd be fun watching those two teams with their weapons go toe to toe. So I'd be fine with either of those. I think the 49ers being in it would be the one that that is the least fun. Um, except for, you know, a guy named Debo Samuel. Watching him run around in the Super Bowl would be pretty awesome. You know, get 10 carries in that game and five receptions and just take over the game. I mean, you just put in your Super Bowl MVP bets, you know, on Monday morning if uh, the 49ers upset the Rams this weekend. Because that's that's just going to be Super Bowl MVP if the 49ers oh. win is Debo Samuel.
1: Man, and that's a fast track at SoFi, too, isn't it? That is a fast track. Mikey, what do you think would be the best Super Bowl, betting-wise, fan-wise?
0: I say Chiefs-Bills at a neutral site. Let's (laughs) figure out a way to make that happen at a neutral site. I think that's what we all want to see again. But, uh, I mean, I think Chiefs-Rams is the most compelling. Um, If you're tired of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, then I guess you could make the argument you'd like to see Joe Burrow in there. I personally don't think it would be very pretty – just, I don't think that offensive line is going to be able to protect him enough uh, against that Rams defense, so I think it's got to be Chiefs-Rams as far as what would be the most entertaining to watch. If you're just a fan of the game, not a fan of any of the teams, just like NFL football, I think it has to be Chiefs-Rams.
1: All right. And if you think that the Chiefs are going to be there, like my guys said, you may want to get ahead of the game because it may just shoot up as soon as the official line comes out all right real quick we're going to wrap things up by doing our best bets one more time so ab if you can there you go my man now mikey what is your official best bet so far for the week
0: all right kansas city minus one with the 49ers nine and a plus nine and a half in a teaser here i think the chiefs get the job done at home i think the niners are able to keep it within the pretty key number here at nine and a half Uh, Other plays, I haven't officially played Travis Kelsey yet, but I have a very strong lean on Travis Kelsey's over. And then I will note on some of the Cincinnati receivers, while I may not be on their overs to start, I will be looking for in-game plays, and I will be looking at some of their longest reception
1: props is my way to attack those. Uh, To clarify, Kelsey catch over or his yardage over? Yardage over. All right, so you'll you'll piggyback Larry there on that one as he made that an official play as well, which is always a good thing when Mikey and the maestro are on the same play. RJ, talk to me.
2: Like that Kelsey over as well if it was on the board Tuesday morning, I would have sent it in as a best bet too. Um, but my plays here for the show are Rams, 49ers under. 46 and a half. I just think it's going to be more of a defensive battle and the uh, San Francisco quarterback situation there with Jimmy dealing with an injury. You know, they haven't been scoring a lot of points and I think that continues here. And then Jamar Chase over 82 and a half receiving yards. He's just unstoppable really at this point. Um, and we saw if Gabriel Davis can can, run, can catch for 200 yards against the Chiefs, Chase might, you know, have a thousand in this game. So um, <laughs> it,
1: it, 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 there's no number you could hang is probably going to be high enough for me to, to not play Chase. I completely agree with you. We can't guard anybody. I Even though I'm a Chiefs fan, I know that we're going to have to outscore them because our defensive backfield is bad. Hopefully, Matthew will be back because if he's back there, I think that game would have been a little bit different, but I don't know how much different it would have been against Buffalo. Uh, the Maestro is on 49ers at that three-and-a-half number. He's also on the teaser uh, that Mikey's on Chiefs and the 49ers and then the Kelsey over. Uh, by the way, Kelsey hit both of his numbers, the catch number and the over number, including that game winning uh, touchdown as well. Don't forget, we'll be back at 2 p.m. Eastern time right here on this YouTube channel. If you are not a subscriber yet, please do that for me. It is free of charge. Then if you want to become a sports line member or try it out, use a promo code edge. I'll give you 30 days for free. You can have all the capers, all the analysis, all my experts like Mikey and RJ and Maestro are there every single day. So there's only one thing left to do and I think you all know what that is, (laughs) it's to announce the winners of our two Paramount Plus $100 gift cards. See, I gotcha. I gotcha. Here we go. A congratulations goes out to Jack Caraher, that's C-A-R-A-H-E-R, and our man Reed Phillips, who's always active in the chat. I told you, If you're active in the chat, you keep it positive. You never know when you could win something. You also need to pound that like button for me if you could. So congratulations, Jack Carraher and Reed Phillips. You will have a $100 Paramount Plus gift card coming your way. AB will reach out to you on social media and give you all the details. Also, we'll give away another one in our prop show at 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday. Now, there's only one thing left to do. And you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these future tickets straight to the pay window. My entire crew, nobody better doing the National Football League. Maestro, RJ, M squared, AB on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. Tell all your friends there's only one sports betting brand you even need to worry about. And it's right here. We call it the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.